0: And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to
1: you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you, thank them, now enjoy the show.
2: Roth one it was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, sip.
1: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Did
0: we just become best friends? Yep! Gentlemen, start your...
2: To infinity and beyond.
0: There's a touch of madness around here.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. We're a show that's a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. And today, I am blessed by having two of my near-dear good brothers with me. Uh, Justin is not here. I'm missing him this week. He's having some family time down with his uh, with Riley. I think they're headed to Legoland doing some Universal stuff. But I am blessed to have my buddy Joe and my buddy Dave here. Hope you guys are having a good week. Guys, how was your week? Mine was good. I mean, it was busy, but... Uh I really was pleased with
0: my hand-picked replacement last week that sat in for me and I had a little bit of fomo <laughs> so uh,
2: she she did an amazing job we were we were very lucky to have Katie I uh, to answer your question uh, Mike, I am well um, i I'm uh, still having some interesting days here in Florida with some wet weather um, that mm-hmm. uh, comes and goes but um and then in the middle of it it's hotter than Hades, but yeah generally pretty good how are you you?
1: good i had an interesting morning my um for those of you guys that are uh, pet owners, you understand how much we love our pets. And uh, my dog, my my little Simba, you know, this Disney related, my Simba was not feeling good. He started throwing up last night, and he was throwing up all morning. So I decided to take him to the emergency vet, and uh, they can be a little expensive. So I had an interesting day for the doctor to tell me it was just a little bit of a virus. So uh, you know, always dogs always seem to get sick at odd hours of the day and odd hours of the night, or when the when your regular vet is closed. So uh, Trip to the emergency vet was quite expensive today, but you know that's what we do. Uh, When you have kids and they get older, they can tell you when they're not feeling good. When you have a dog, it's like having an infant or a cat or whatever your you know whatever your favorite you know pet is. So, uh, as for you guys out there that are animal lovers, understand it's uh, it's it's tough sometimes, and uh, but that's what we do for the ones we love.
2: Uh, as i mentioned when we were before we started recording i have a cat um but yeah we don't have any of those challenges just yet so. yeah i mean
0: i i'm a dog guy man but i haven't had dogs in a while i mean they both since passed on but yeah it's hard to i think that's gotta be one of the hardest jobs right is being a veterinarian even just being the vet itself like the patient can't communicate with you so they're just essentially guessing so yeah i mad respect to all the vets out
1: there i'm sure we have some in our audience listening so uh shout out to you guys and a lot of a lot of vet techs. I know quite a few in the group that are uh, that are in that field. But uh, so that was a little bit about us this week. And I'm kind of excited this week because Dave, you get to experience this on a regular basis. One of my favorite things. And just recently, the food and wine festival booths opened up. I mean, it's that time of year again. It feels like uh, it. it Food & Wine always had that October or September feel to me, but hey, listen, they're opening up stuff earlier and earlier and earlier, and it's almost when you go through Epcot, there's ever not a festival going on, and now we're experiencing the Food and & Wine. And we're going to go through some of the menu stuff tonight, some stuff you might want to hit, some stuff you might want to avoid, and some of the changes they're making. And uh, like Dave, you, you see it on a regular basis, so we're going to kind of run through the stuff tonight, yeah. and uh, tell me some experience you have with some of the stuff you have.
2: Yeah, so I, as you said, I do wind up in Epcot quite a bit with my work and I was literally there two days ago uh, and I uh, got an opportunity to sample a couple of items uh, from a couple of the menus as we were uh, roaming around the world showcase and um, we, this is not a three-hour show, so we are not going to be able to break down every individual offering from each of those, uh, but I do have the book in front of me, so and I know that you gents have uh, pulled up the website with the uh, Disney food blog, um, so we can all play along and uh, visit some of these offerings and uh, see what... Um, is available this year, what is different, what is, uh, what is traditional, and what the things that we love, and I've also got a soapbox that we'll get to because they've messed with something and I'm not happy. All right, um, so let's start it off. I'm going right from the front of the book, and the first one that uh, is actually featured on the book uh, is Earth Eats, sponsored by, uh, hosted by Impossible. Um, which means it's got some interesting things that I mean i'm a metatarian. i don't know about you guys, but i i i've tried some of the impossible things I don't dislike it, but I definitely don't buy into uh too much of it uh Joe opinion on impossible
0: so i um it's funny that you're bringing this up as the very well first, it's first in the book know,
2: the, it's first in the no no I'm saying because
0: One of the more memorable experiences, the last time I experienced Food & Wine, was I tried an Impossible Burger for the first time. And I actually really liked it. So it was one of the more favorite things that I had at Food & Wine was the Impossible Burger. So it was during – it was one of the booths inside of the – I guess it was a World Show place. I forgot what it's renamed, but I think there's nothing in it. A big air-conditioned tent. Ah, yes. But it was inside – it was inside there, and actually, I really enjoyed it. And actually, when I was looking through the menu, I was making some notes uh, on Disney, uh, from Disney Food Blog, and this was one of the ones I'd start because I really liked it. Now, which it. one, so, the
2: burger slider or the three bean chili?
0: No, the burger okay. slider with the wasabi cream. Wasabi cream, cream so in the, in yeah. And the and the, the, the slot. And I will be at Walt Disney World in two weeks. I have my stay at Saratoga Springs, so we are going to do food and wine one night, and this is going to be one of the items I'm going to go for i don't know what's happening with me because between this and a previous experience i had a california grow with i was having some plant-based pasta i don't i don't know what's happening with me but disney's doing that old age is
2: getting to you man like (laughs) i don't know
0: man it's not good so yeah i'm looking
1: forward to this oh
2: dear um mike opinion on impossible
1: i've never tried one uh you know, And if I was going to try one, the wasabi cream and spicy slaw is right up my alley. I mean, I love wasabi with, with all my sushi and stuff. Sometimes I put a little bit more wasabi than I should. So that's something that, that's definitely in my avenue of something I would want to try. And obviously, if I'm going to try one of those burgers, the best place to try it's in Disney because you know they're going to do it right. Uh, I think the Burger Kings up here have them by yeah. me. Um, a couple of restaurants. I haven't tried them yeah. yet, but like I said, if I had to try one, it would be Disney would be the place to try it.
2: Um, For those of you playing along at home, that is actually located between the Imagination Building and the Refreshment Port. So it's kind of um, back over in that uh, leg as you are about to head into uh, the World Showcase. And um, not too far away at the Traveler's Cafe is the Noodle Exchange um, with some uh, Vietnamese beef pho and um, some sweet pork and all sorts of delicious uh, noodle-based, even a tofu pho. Um, over there. I have not had a chance to stop by there but there's some deliciousness on there. Uh, What I did want to jump across to is an amazing picture in this book and I am not sure if you can see it uh, but there is a shimmering strawberry soft serve ice cream that looks like my daughter would push me out of the way to get to it okay i'll I'll hold it up for those for you two to see i don't know if you've got a picture of that on the blog but right near port of entry um i can just picture my daughter charlotte being like get out of my way i'm headed for that thing
0: that looks really cool. <laughs> no, any, any kind of like flavored, like soft serve, especially like strawberry? Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, all I know is that her mother is probably going to stop by because there is a tropical mimosa and a key lime mimosa both served at that location in the drink section. And um, have you ever had um, at a number of our festivals here, they have a key lime wine, like a Florida local key lime wine? Have you either of you I tasted have... that?
1: I didn't have a wine. I had, at the last festival I was at, Island Mora is a brewery, like an IPA brewery that's down in the Florida Keys. And they had the flight, and they had a key lime pie, Beer And I said, you know, it was on a flight, so I said, let me just try it. And I tried it, and I'm not an IPA person whatsoever. This was absolutely one of the best beers I've ever had. So then I actually went to Publix because supposedly if you go on the website, you can see who sells it. I went to the Publix right outside Orlando because I had a car when we were there on our last trip. They didn't have it. They were out of it. They had the brand, but they didn't have that particular uh, flavor. On well, my last trip to Key West, I was able to— uh, passed by their brewery, and I stopped in, and I bought three (laughs) six-packs, and I was able to stuff them in my suitcase, brought them home, so I didn't have a Key Lime wine, but I had a Key Lime beer from the Keys in Disney, and when I went to Key West, I said, I can't leave here without having them. I drank one six-pack for the week that I was there, and I brought three six-packs home, and now I'm only going to have them for a special occasion. There you go. I want to... I want to run to my beer fridge, Mike. I have
0: it literally about thirty feet from in my
1: <laughs> Oh, so you know which one I'm talking about. I, I, I have a, I have like a twelve
0: pack in there right now. <laughs> How do you like that? I love it, man. It's like a twelve pack in there. It's amazing. <laughs> you don't I buy 12 a twelve
2: pack without without good reason. Yeah.
1: When you find it, you gotta grab it because sometimes it's hard to find. So I told Justin to get it because he was down in Key West before me, and I said, you know, I had this when I was down uh, in Epcot the last time. It was on a flight. You gotta try it, and he bought a six pack and he hated it. So I said, well, so much. <laughs> Save of my the rest so maybe... of them for
2: when you. visit. And now I'm
1: afraid. I said, you know. When I drank it in Epcot, it was like one of those hot particular times, and we had the mask rule going on. Mm. So I was kind of eating and drinking everything just so I could take my mask off. So I said, well, maybe it really wasn't that good, and it just tasted good because it was hot, and I wanted to take my mask off. But I was pleasantly surprised because when I went down to Key West, I bought the six-pack, and it was it was as good as I remembered. And I have the uh, the three six-packs sitting in my fridge right now. That's the
0: one good thing, and Dave knows, especially with Publix, is that they, Publix does a great job with the local— you know, beer selections in Florida. It doesn't matter if it's from the Keys all the way up to Nassau County on the border. Like they do a great job of showcasing local breweries and stuff. And that's actually, you know, I've discovered a lot of local beers that maybe I won't hit the breweries, but like I'm like, oh, wow, I really like this. So, but yeah, Publix has got a good selection. So, yeah, if you're definitely in the Walt Disney World area, they probably carry it there.
2: Yep. More than likely. More than likely. All right, we are going to jump across to um, the first one really located that you find if you come into the World Showcase and turn right towards Canada. That's the way the book goes. This is not me saying that this is a particular way that you should or shouldn't walk through the Epcot World Showcase. I know that that gets into a very heated discussion, and we're avoiding that. The book takes us this direction, uh, and I'm very pleased with the direction it takes us because your first stop is... Australia, um, which means I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second, okay? Because um, for years there has been a traditional favourite at um, at the Australia Pavilion, um, and if I said, "Hey, Joe, Mike, there's one item that you're probably going to want to buy at the Australia booth. What is it? Either of you get it? Night
1: no, you've mentioned it before. It's the land.
2: They do a lamb. Now, here's the thing. A few years ago, and for many, many years before it, they uh, had a lamb chop, and it had a mint sauce, and then it had crumbled kettle salt and vinegar chips over the top of it, and it was absolutely rock star. And then somewhere in the recent past, they decided to mess with it. Ah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay? Like, they decided to mess with it. And now it is a roasted lamb chop with a sweet potato puree, bushberry pea salad, and pistachio pomegranate gremolota? I uh, la- la- latter? I don't, like...
0: It's not good when the guy from Australia doesn't does know not- how to pronounce <laughs> <laughs> the- I don't <laughs> even know what
2: that decorative thing is. Here's what I will say. Um... I had it the other day. Yes, it was delicious. Was it as good as it used to be? No. All right? And I realize I'm biased. It's always going to be amazing. Um, But they they messed with it, and I'm not happy about it. All right? So, um, however, here's what I will say. And this is how I've always referred to uh, the Australia booth. Um, One of the other offerings there is a deconstructed pavlova, which is a dessert. And it's one of those moments where, I can't even remember if it's this one, we'll have to look a little bit later uh, in the episode, where um, they do like, and I'm not sure if it's at this particular festival, but occasionally there's like a Korean booth that pops up, and they'll do like a kimchi dog. So kimchi, the food from that region, done as a hot dog style way of presenting it and you kind of eat it going all right let's be honest they don't eat it this way over there (laughs) okay but they've put it into a format that the american public are going to be able to deal with and um and and i'm happy to be corrected if you happened to be in korea and had a kimchi dog i i'm happy to stand corrected but to the best of my knowledge that is not commonplace and And so sometimes you go, is this actually from that region? I am here to tell you that a pavlova, whether constructed or in this case deconstructed, is definitely an Australian tradition. It is a meringue base with whipped cream and fresh fruit on it. And as a dessert, I don't even need to think of how many hundreds of times my mum made it as a dessert option when I was growing up. So definitely, definitely an option there. Well, this
0: makes me feel better, Dave, because, you know, I always wondered, like, how authentic are these booths, right? I mean, listen, Mike and I are both Italians, right? But we're from the U.S., right? So everything from Italy has been, like, Americanized, right? But obviously you're from Australia, right? So you, you, like, remember the authentic stuff from the, you know, from the homeland, right? right? So, like, but by you saying this is, like, actually, like, legitimate, like, this is, like, real good stuff, like, it actually fits into what, it speaks of Australian, like, you know, you know, food culture. I mean, that makes me feel better. At least Disney's doing their homework. Yes. They mess with your lamb a little bit, but still I'm glad to see that. Like (laughs) the food is representative of where it's
2: supposed to be. Yes, indeed. There's one other thing at that booth that I do want to make mention of. And that is, um, if I said that there was a a beer that you should drink from Australia and if any of either of you said the F word, I'd be very upset with you. Okay. (laughs) I'm um, yeah, not that F word. Anyway. Forsters isn't real. Forsters is no, real. No, it's not. Beer. It's brewed in Pennsylvania and, <laughs> read the can. Uh, it was a great marketing campaign in the 1980s, okay? So um, there is a couple of beers that I remember drinking, and I'm not a huge fan of pale ales, but I will always drink a Cooper's pale ale. It tastes of home uh it's the beer option that is first on the beverage list at the australia booth and definitely worthwhile trying if you're looking for a beer that is actually from australia and yes it does have a kangaroo on the bottle that's awesome
0: now (laughs) what, now what would you compare that to for like an american beer just so i could put
2: apples to apples
0: um would that be budweiser or would it be
2: well it's a pale ale so it's more
0: like a Belgian flag. Yeah, tire?
2: something more like that.
0: All right, so it's a little more fancy, okay. Oh,
2: yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're not drinking Cooper's at uh, uh, the, the backyard barbecue or anything like it's, that. It's
1: not the Bud Light okay. of Australia. No, no, that's, that's
2: what Foster's is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a beer called Forex and that's what the Bud Light is, but moving on. Um, do either of you have opinions on the Australia booth that, now that I'm off my soapbox? <laughs> I don't think I could give an opinion, even if I did. Uh, You know I'd shut you down. Um, (laughs) Well, let's jump across and ask a question. Have either of you ever tasted poutine?
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, I used to live on the Canadian border. There you go. I've had real poutine in Canada. Well,
2: right near Canada, um, there is, uh, at the refreshment port, uh, a couple of poutine options available. Um, My best friend, the best man at my wedding is from Kanata, just outside of uh, Ottawa. And and I have had some authentic poutine uh, that this maybe isn't quite as close to that as 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 achievable but uh they do a decent job nonetheless
0: i think it's like anywhere else right i mean everywhere like it's 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 pizza it's poutine it doesn't matter like you're gonna get like yeah apcot's gonna do a really good job of like representing it but unless you're there in like canada and it's going to be actually, you know, that's going to be the real good stuff. I I lived on the border of Windsor in Michigan, and uh, there were some really good spots in, like, southern Ontario that, like, I had some good poutine. Yeah. I had some friends that lived in Canada, and, yeah, it was really good. I still I like, enjoy the Disney stuff. It's good. It's a treat. Yeah. But, yeah, I've had some really good stuff oh, in Canada. Oh, yeah.
2: There's 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 something about that authentic Canadian gravy. It's something about the way they do yeah. it. And, oh. Great, this is making me hungry. Um, While we're on Canada, I'm jumping ahead in the book uh, one and skipping back over one that we'll mention in a second. Um, But at the Canada booth, there is a traditional favourite, the Canadian cheddar bacon soup, uh, which is my wife's favourite option, probably in the International Food and Wine Festival. Mike? Mike?
1: I've had that before. Yep, that's been a regular favorite. I know that's been a regular food and white thing, and I think they have it at the restaurant there too as well. It's one of the uh,
2: yeah. Um, yep, both of, of the these are options. actually inspired from La Cellière, um, yeah. and they also have the beef filet mignon uh, with a truffle butter sauce, and that's why there's always a line at the Canada booth. Like
0: there's some. It's also a good. It's also a good value, Dave, because it's for $5.75, right? It's a it's a nice thing of soup, right? But it also comes with a big pretzel roll. So if you really don't want to eat a ton but want to have something filling and not spend a ton of money, that's a great option.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, some of these other options, you're looking at 8 and $9 a, a pop on something. Whereas for 5 bucks to get a delicious soup, I'll take it.
1: Absolutely. Now, in the book, in the book that you have, because on the menus we're looking at, it says DDP uh, snack eligible for the Disney Dining Plan. Does it give you those notations in the book that they're snack eligible, or does that not on there?
2: It does not. The best it gives me is whether it is gluten free or not. <laughs>
1: Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure. Because a lot of the websites we're looking on with all of this stuff says uh, would be snack eligible. Huh. I'm guessing if the dining plan was in place. right? And I'm just curious if the book would have had that if maybe they had the idea they were going to put the, the dining plan into place or not. You know, kind of a. Which uh, I find weird you know,
2: because, yeah, the well, we don't have the dining plan at the moment, do we?
1: No, we don't, and and a lot of times when I was there for the other festival, when they had some of the stuff at the booth, they would have that little uh, icon yeah, the or little font that would, that would show you that it would, would be, and it's almost like a tease, like, well, you
2: know, if you had a dining uh, plan, you would have got this part of your snack, but no. But no. All right. Well, that's disappointing. Um... Well, well, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Um, while we're in that area as we head into the UK, uh, there is an Irish booth with some seafood pie, some Irish saucy, sausage, and something I can actually get behind is a warm chocolate pudding cake with Irish cream liqueur custard. Thoughts, opinions? Yep. Uh- I like Irish
1: food. You know, uh, I, we've talked about it before. Raglan Road's a great restaurant to go to. They have some great shepherd's pie. They have some good stuff there. Uh, I would always stop by Ireland. I was looking at that menu. If I was going to go there, I would have to have that Guinness Bailey shake. That would be my... Uh, I think I'd skip some of the food, and I would go for that. That would be right up my alley.
0: I think I'm going to get you
1: know, heat from Mike this, but I don't do
0: the Irish beers. Like, a lot of the Irish stuff is a little heavy for me, but... And I don't eat seafood either, but I will <laughs> say this. Pudding... <laughs> all day, any day. And especially with, like, a, you know, an Irish cream. Like, I could do that. You know, like a Bailey's or whatever. Like, Bailey's is Irish, right? Yeah. 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 Bailey's, are, yeah, obviously. I could do that all day. All right. That's good. Have that. You can find a little bit, like, a nice cooler night, maybe later into uh, food and wine where it's a little bit cooler at night. That'd be a nice way to end the evening.
2: Um, well, speaking of as it cools down, if you're looking for something delicious um, while you're moving around World Showcase, uh, there is the Appleseed Orchard with a couple of... Um, with a dessert option but it's got one of the longest lists of drink options available with a whole lot of apple ba- based uh ciders and um bourbon barrel aged cherry hard ciders and like a lot of deliciousness going on there um and i'm just reading the list going great now i really want to drink of like a hard cider of some description
1: that seems more like a September October drink. I don't know if I could do that in the middle of, uh, like the pumpkin beers and the the uh, ciders. It kind of has to be after August for me <laughs> to really enjoy those. All right. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the you know just me because of the time of and weather up here. It seems to be a little bit cool. I just don't find a cider as refreshing. I, that's just you know my personal taste. And in a hot summer day in August, I kind of like it when it's a little cool and fall out. What's really stood out on this list is uh, Three Daughters and Big Storm. They're big in
0: St. Pete and Clearwater on the West Coast. And uh, I know I'm a big fan of Three Daughters Brewing, so i uh, definitely like to try the Apple Pecan Brown Ale. Uh, that that sounds, really, uh, sounds really good. But I agree with Mike. Maybe later in the year after Labor Day uh, would be more appropriate than August.
2: Well, and as we said, this this particular festival just seems to be starting earlier and earlier. So, um, And that seems appropriate at the moment, that maybe it can delay a little bit because it's been hot. Ugh. Uh, All right, Um, then let's jump across the bridge and head uh, onto the main continent of Europe uh, as we head to France. And um, they've got all sorts of like oh, there's beignets and escargots and deliciousness. Am I pronouncing that right? (laughs)
1: Escargot.
2: Oh, sounds good. Yeah, see, I'm doing (laughs) great. We'll let that one go. I'm doing great. Um, There is a couple of delicious wines and. my wife went and stood in line uh, for a vodka Grey Goose Le Citron vodka cranberry and passion fruit juice uh, as a martini slushie, uh at one point. And delicious is all I'm going to say.
1: As good yep. as that all sounds, that probably looks like the one booth I would skip.
2: All right. You're moving through France as quick as possible. Head down and, and out. All right.
0: All right. I'm going to stop for the uh, strawberry rosé. I'm not a big wine guy, but I do like a rosé. and That sounds kind of fun. Right. You don't see that in too many places. So. I'll, I'll hold Mike back a little bit. Let me, let me grab a rosé
2: before we move no, on. No, no, that's fine. You can catch us up because we are definitely stopping just outside of France. Um, I don't care what you, you think you're doing. If you have not yet had, and I cannot say it correctly, I apologize in advance, but the uh, the Brazilian cheese bread um mm. i am force feeding this to you if you have not yet had it um i i don't know if either of you speak fluent portuguese to be uh, to have a crack at that
0: Pau de Gahel, i don't sure. know sure um but
2: <laughs> it's got a it's got a it's got a cue in it so i mean i don't
0: know I'll give it a shot
2: so <laughs> um it is phenomenal like i've literally had a tour tell me Oh, meet me at the Brazil Pavilion because the last thing they wanted to do before they started their tour was get this cheese bread.
0: The funny thing is, Dave, is I remember the last time I was at Food & Wine that that always had a big line, Brazil. Yeah, you want to know always, why? It always, it, that's yeah. why. And I never would wait because I'm like, ah, I'll go to something else. Yeah. I
2: don't want to wait in a line. But that's probably why yeah. because they're probably all waiting in a line for the cheese and bread. And if so. you're going to get two servings of that, you may as well also grab a serving of the crispy pork belly. Delicious.
0: Yeah,
1: and, I, and I'm glad you recommended that because it's probably just looking at the menu would have been the last thing that I would have got. But now that you've talked it up, I would certainly, that would be my uh, one it's to
2: get. Just, and I, it's one of those things where you go, it's cheese and it's bread. Is it really? No, it's really good. All yeah, right. I can go. With All that. right. Um, then let's head back into Europe between France and Morocco. We uh, can also stumble across Belgium and what would be Belgium without some Belgian waffles? Mm, yeah. Delicious.
0: Every day, man, <laughs> the the uh, the with the berry compote and the whipped cream, I eat that every food and wine festival. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Love but love Belgian waffles.
2: I, I also feel um, Belgium has got to be um, renowned for their. That region of the world is known for beers and things like that, so I'm thinking that that also probably has some good options in there, but I'm also not well versed on Belgian beers, so I don't want to speak too extensively on this list that is in front of me.
1: Any thoughts? I think it's... I like some Belgian beers. I've had some before. I would definitely try the beer flight because, you know, having some of those different options and different opportunities, uh, I like to try the flights because, like I said, I wind up picking out a beer that I really love during doing a flight. Nice.
2: All right. Um, have a question for you. Have either of you ever eaten at the Tangerine Cafe? It is the quick service location in Morocco. Yes.
0: I think I have a long time ago. Uh, like the chick- they they saw they uh, they serve shawarma they
2: there,
0: right? They do. And okay, then I yeah, have yes,
2: and they do some great options. And I've eaten there a couple of times and really enjoy it every time. And when when you're thinking of like, and this is not food and wine festival for just a moment, but when you're thinking of oh, I've uh, we're doing a quick service lunch in epcot it's not one that immediately jumps to mind you go oh, there's regal eagle over in uh over in america and there's sunshine seasons in the land and back before it became a hole in the ground there was the electric umbrella uh in the middle of the in the middle of epcot there in the um in future world and so like it It's kind of one of those ones that you don't immediately think of, but I highly recommend it. And I'm really hoping that uh, as a quick service location, it restarts soon uh, once we start getting some programs and some people from those countries able to start traveling again uh, to come back and reopen some elements of Epcot that are definitely missing uh, since pandemic started. Mhm. So
1: yeah, I had some I've had some excellent hummus from there Ooh, a couple
2: of times. Yeah. So with mm-hmm. that in mind, they do have uh the Tangerine Cafe Flavors of the Medina as a booth available. Um with some of the elements from that uh, inclu- including a falafel with tahini sauce, um the grilled kebabs which are amazing, um Moroccan bread and a pistachio cake. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I love
1: pistachios, man. So it's Me like too. anything I right could do pistachios by the by the boatload. Yep. All
2: right. Apparently, my two-year-old has decided she likes them, so we're currently like they're in my house again. It's not something I immediately run to, but all right, there you go. Um, Greece, and not the stuff that's icky and slimy. Where, uh, as I turn the page between Morocco and Japan, there is a Greek location um, with uh, some moussaka. Uh, that jumps out at me, and all sorts of other deliciousness. Any thoughts or opinions, boys?
0: Well, they got the griddled cheese with pistachios and honey, Mike, so I think that's up our alley. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I
2: missed that. Okay, yeah, once again. Actually, there's a uh, cool cool picture of that. That does look good.
1: Uh, Spanakopita is pretty popular up here. You know, uh, there's a lot of Greek restaurants up here in the New York area. Uh, A lot of, you know, gyro places. And the Spanakopita is like the cheese with the spinach. And uh, I I like that a lot. So Greece is definitely a great place to stop. If I'm full, I'm going to skip that probably because I have so many great offerings of that around here. But I'm sure that they're doing a great job of it down there. But like you said, the pistachio and honey, that sounds good. I'm
2: still working off Brazil. So I need to, like, pace myself through some of these. Okay, (laughs) And that was, like, three booths ago so um as we head into japan they do have some sushi offerings um and also a teriyaki chicken bun those steam-filled buns uh, with all sorts of deliciousness um are we into do we get much in the way of japanese food boys yeah, I
0: mean, I love using chopsticks. So, I mean, I know it sounds kind of lame, but you know, I'll always end up in the Jap- Japanese. Brazilian, so Joe you know, is just something. like that
2: nine-year-old boy that is just a- eating Japanese food to be able to use chopsticks.
0: Listen, Dave, there's like only a few things I remember from college. One of them was how to use chopsticks. The other one was how to tap a keg, all right? So everything else from college I really don't remember. So.
2: Life skills. My, Life skills. My, right. poor,
1: my poor wife and kids, I've been trying to show them a million times on how to use chopsticks, but they still got to get the little trainer ones, the little the child chopsticks, <sighs> the ones that are kind of – yeah. I, I've, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, but to no know, to – know, The, the uh, ones to where about.
2: they the, the person in front of you takes the piece of paper and folds it and puts it between the ends and then puts the rubber yeah, band around rubber it band. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Hey, hey, Dave! I want to say, I gotta say one thing real quick. Give me get on my soapbox for fifteen seconds. Go! I think in, if if in America we actually use chopsticks for everything, we would have less of a like a, a weight problem because it takes so much longer to eat things with chopsticks instead of just shoveling it with a fork. <laughs> it's like I always take my time more with chopsticks. I mean, so I think it would be better for everybody if we just use chopsticks for everything.
2: There's a there's a moment where I'll be at a hibachi restaurant or Japanese food of some description and I'll start off with chopsticks and I always feel I'm doing really well and then I just get like tired of them and I throw them out. to the side and I grab the spoon or the fork and I finish because it's just <laughs> it's a lot of extra work <laughs> I had a, I had
1: enough. It's go. Come on. <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten sushi without a without a with a fork. I th- I think it's always been with chopsticks. I couldn't see myself eating sushi. Years.
2: I will do with chopsticks, but like I'm talking okay. like yeah, like a, a bowl of rice or something like that. I'm like this is a lot of work with chopsticks. Yeah, about that, that I can see. But sushi's
1: always has to be a chopstick meal for me.
2: All right. Um jo- Yep. A bone of contention as we hop into America. Uh, Hops and barley at the American Adventure. Um, the New England lobster roll. Um, I've eaten it, uh, I've had a bite of it a couple of times. My wife doesn't enjoy it. Um, she's like, you can get better lobster roll options. She likes seafood, but that in particular, she's like, I don't understand the line for it. Anybody got a thought or opinion on this? Maybe because people
1: that are Midwest or doesn't doesn't have that coastal area. I mean, listen, there there are a dime a dozen up here. There is there there are food trucks here that have lobster rolls. There's a lot of good places to eat. I think uh, up and down the coastline, I'm sure. Right, uh, she's from Maryland. Area where there's a lot. So, right, any yeah. area that has a lot of. Uh, seafood probably has a good variety and good quality and different recipes for lobster roll. But I think maybe so the rest of the country that come down there that might be, you know, from the Wisconsin area or from the Minnesota area or in or Chicago or an area where you don't really have a lot of uh, seafood being prevalent, you know, some, something Midwest or something mid country. I could understand them not having that option to a lobster roll. And lobster rolls are really good. So maybe that's the reason why there's such a line for it or such a demand for it, possibly.
2: Yeah. She can be a little bit of a seafood snob, uh, Ben. Being a Maryland girl with her crab cakes and things like that. So sure, maybe there's an sure. element of that that comes into play as well. Um, there's usually some good beers available uh, at the Hops and Barley. I mean, it's literally called Hops and Barley. You should hope they have some good beer offerings. Um, I don't generally drink much in the way of an IPA, but um, there's some uh, strawberry and lime from Tampa um, and a hard cider that uh, has some coffee through it. Coffee beer? Coffee Hmm. cider? Thoughts? Sounds a little thick for a summertime offering. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. uh, Also, in the American Adventure, there's an amazing picture of a mini candied bacon s'mores funnel cake with vanilla ice cream. And if my daughter's, like, sugar coma uh, from that pink monstrosity that happened all the way back uh, at the port of entry um, has worn off, she'd probably be screaming out for one of these as well because this is just a bucket of sugar, let's be honest. oh dear
1: yeah I can see that
2: um and then there's also some um delicious shrimp offerings a truffle tart and all sorts of fun happening uh in the rotunda bistro however we're about to head into your neck of the wood boys we're headed to Italy nice and there's some ravioli that jumps out at me anything else on that list break it down for me boys what do we got
0: Joe, uh, well, I said the ravioli is always my go-to there. I know they used to have like a little bit of uh, was it Dave lasagna the one year or whatever, but I like the sauce that they use in in the Italian Pavilion. So the ravioli will be good, but this year it looks like it's served with an Alfredo sauce, so it's a little different. You're not getting the uh, the tomato or pomodoro sauce. So I I think that looks actually kind of good. With, it's like a, a chicken ravioli kind of uh, you know with uh, I don't even know what that is. Kind of Italian, a type of I don't know what that is. What is does so that it Looks like? Yeah,
1: I've never had that.
0: Yeah, I, that kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, it's a, a pezzamolo. So, yeah, I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm going to try it. So it's not something I see on menus quite often, but uh, it looks good. But in regards to the Italian donut, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always for Italian pastries. So uh, especially with the raspberry sauce, that sounds really good. Uh, it sounds like also like a more of a sugar coma. <laughs> um, with the powdered sugar on top. It so. Sounds
1: more like a Lenza tart cookie. You ever had the Lenza tart cookies with the powdered sugar and I, the raspberry sauce? I, I, I probably have. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds more like that. Uh, you know, I've I've had such good other Italian food elsewhere. That's another booth I would probably skip. Uh, you know, I, I've i like I said up here in the New York metropolitan area, growing up an Italian family, grandparents from Italy. I, I that's probably someplace I would pass. If I had to get something in passing, I'd grab a Peroni because it's one of my favorite beers.
2: I, that was actually my, my last thing to wrap this up is there's quite a list of deliciousness in the drinks there. And I was curious as to what you would run to if you needed one of those. However, I just like that there is, um, a lemoncello and tequila making it an Italian margarita. I thought that was um, a good little fun way of doing a margarita there. I will say, go
0: ahead. I'll say Mike, I'll say, uh, real quick. is the, uh, Prosecco. Like my wife, it's like, it's our go-to drink. So we'll just, we'd sit
1: there for, we'd probably do a couple of rounds of Prosecco, actually, because that would be her favorite thing out of all
0: the drinks the world Showcase.
1: You, you can't have an Italian household and not have limoncello in the freezer, which I'm, I think every freezer in my house has it. But I use my limoncello for my coronas. So whenever I drink my corona beer, I throw a little limoncello in the corona. That's how I usually uh, have those. That's how I wind up going through the limoncello so much. Oh, oh, oh,
2: hold on a second. Wait. So what? We take like half a shot of limoncello or how much? Or a dash? Yeah, half a
1: shot. Half okay. a shot. I mean, you know, a lot of people put a lime or a lemon in yeah. the Corona. I'm one of the people that like lemon in the Corona. You know, throw a little lemon in So I'll just take maybe half a shot of the uh, Lemon cello and I'll drop it right in the Corona, and there you go. Nice, dude. I never even thought about that. Hey, see?
2: Mike, stuffy <laughs> changing my world. That's
1: a, that's a yeah, game changer. Right like
2: there. He's just flipped it on its head for us. All right, DGP. Especially, I never have
1: lemons in the house, and you always want to have a Corona with a right. lemon or a lime, so I just throw a little Lemon cello in there.
2: That's fantastic,
1: but it's funny. You say I think the we end the episode
2: because... there? There's it can't get better. <laughs> like, that's it.
0: But Mike, Mike, you know what's funny? Because when I used to go to the islands, like down in Aruba and stuff like that, they would put lemons in the Coronas that are not limes. So I, I used to drink Corona with lemons. So this sounds actually fantastic.
1: Yeah, you don't get You don't to overkill it. You don't
2: have a shot. Um, one of my favorite memories from uh, visiting. Uh, the amalfi coast um just outside of naples in 2010 when i was working on board disney cruise line um was i got an opportunity to visit a farm where just fields of lemon trees where they made their own limoncello Mm. and it was absolutely incredible and then they had like other Fun variations on it as well, and there was a cantaloupe, which they obviously just refer to as a melon, as a type of melon. Um, and so it was called Meloncello. and they had made a cantaloupe like, and it was orange as a liqueur. And I'm a big fan of cantaloupe, and um, it was phenomenal. So there you go. sounds good. Yeah. All right now now I, this 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 episode is just making people hungry. Okay, they better like start <laughs> this episode full, so they're not like. Oh, all right. Um, we are then headed into uh, between Italy and Germany. There is a Spanish booth, the 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 booth of Spain, uh, and the picture that they've got is of their seafood salad that is being offered there, which looks phenomenal. I don't know if you boys have that picture in front of you. Um, in the book, it looks like this.
0: I do not, but I'm focused on the charcuterie board. So I'll never ah. pass one of those up.
2: I'm not a yep. seafood
0: guy, Dave, so it's hard for me to to co- to comment on those. But I can comment on a charcuterie.
2: Box. Okay, all right. And I mean, it, this this particular podcast uh, loves the word charcuterie, uh, even if yes. Jason isn't uh, <laughs> with us talking about that deliciousness. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm between Joe and I. We're we're definitely stopping by the the Spain um, booth there. With all sorts of fun beverages as well. Interesting. Um, all right. <laughs> We're going into Germany um, with its own booth within the German pavilion area of um, of it. There is all sorts of... Um, Great Lagers and Kolsch beers and Hefeweizen. um, And there is some Strudel. And then there is also a roast Bratwurst. And all I want to do is, uh, if you have not yet seen the picture (laughs) of the Bratwurst, um, I feel like it's something that needs to be discussed in our uh, patron episode rather than an actual... Episode yep. right now because <laughs> yes. it's a, a little bit suggestive to say the least, and I, I know you eat with your eyes. But so let's let's avoid talking too much about the presentation of the bratwurst.
1: <laughs> now, Dave, I know you. I know you've been sampling some of this stuff, and you know I, on one of our last episodes, you kind of gave Germany a little bit of heat, saying that the food there and and uh, beer garden wasn't the best. It wasn't one of your favorite restaurants. Now, have you tried any of the stuff from the booth, and did you
2: like it on a previous year? probably two years ago um i obviously uh i had the strudel um which is delicious um and i think i also grabbed a beer as i was headed out of there um and oh yes i've definitely had the uh pasta gratin with uh the ham and cheese i cannot say that word does anybody want to have a lash at it
0: I was going to try. It's a chicken noodling?
2: Sure, you are. You're now in charge of our German pronunciation, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Right. Joke you. <laughs> um, yes. So I have also had that. Uh, I love basically everything being offered at this particular location. Um, so, and as I said in my episode lo- in the episode last week, I don't dislike German food. I'm just not a big fan of that particular location. So now that we know you hate German food. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, that's fine. I'm just curious. I've had I've had the potato oil gratin before, and I liked it a lot. So I just wasn't sure if you liked it. And you know, being that you kind of gave Germany a little bit of heat, like
2: just just, of just a little bit of shade. A little uh, bit. A little, little bit. bit. All right. Um, moving on, we've got. Um, I don't want to dwell on this too long because it's only op- only available for a short period of time uh, of this particular festival. Uh, we've got a booth, a couple of booths uh, that are being opened later in the season um we in that area um one at germany and one at the african outpost um both of them coming uh october 1st um which just gives another reason to visit epcot on that day uh is to get a little bit of food from the alps or from kenya
1: gents sounds pretty cool yeah
2: there there's some cheese I options if there's
0: a... Is there a reason why, David, they're they're holding these off till like October? I mean, I, I know it's obviously the the 50th. I mean, is it maybe just for something special to bring to Epcot on that day as well, possibly? Or I,
2: I mean, we also know that it's going to be the opening of a new attraction in that park. Um, there's also going to be, is that also when they're dropping the new fireworks show?
0: I probably, I, I, uh, if so. I
2: I'm happy to be wrong, but I feel like that uh, all of that is uh, coinciding. So maybe they just feel things are going to be a bit busier and they need some extra offerings at that I'm time. to spread people out a little bit. Um, other than that, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure if there's anything in that um, in that region uh, on that corner near the African outpost. I don't know if there's anything that they're doing there. Maybe they they don't have the space to open these two locations or what.
0: Take take people away from France and everything right. going on over there. Go, go, to the go other visit side.
2: the new food offerings. Look over here, something bright and shiny. Um, the Kenyan food offerings also look kind of fun. There's a coffee barbecue tenderloin. Um, and there is, and um, in case anybody is looking at this and is a little worried, uh, the word piri uh, is just their word for chili. Uh, so piri-piri mm. is chili-chili. Uh, skewered shrimp um, with some citrus scents added and served on couscous. Sounds delicious. I would definitely get that. But I would be topping it off, if you look at the bottom of that offering, with a Tusker beer. Your favorite. Which we have, yeah. we the three of us have actually had a Tusker beer all together uh, when we got together. Uh, where was that? Boat? No. um House.
0: No, that was at uh, Jacklin's. It was
2: at Jacklin's. Oh, You're right correct. Right. Um, so yeah, so um, there is uh, some great offerings available there coming in October. Um, moving right along, while we're at the outpost, something that is available right now is spicy githri, githri. Yeah, um, but there's some uh, hard ciders, and then there is, um, and then we're going to be headed into China. Um another one opening October 1st uh is an Indian uh food offering located on that transition into China and then the dumplings let's get into China cuz I do love them the bao bun and the pepper uh, and the crispy fried pepper shrimp I've eaten all three of these offerings in China thoughts and opinions boys
1: I think it's a great booth that comes back year after year i think they do a fantastic job with it i think uh you you can't go past there and not stop at those i always stop at china and when when during the other festivals when they have their booths out they always have phenomenal food and all three of those offerings i've had at that festival before too as well definitely a a must-do stop is china
0: yeah, I haven't done the, the shrimp cuz like I always said I don't eat seafood, but the bao buns are awesome. And listen, like my wife and I we love dumplings. Like so if a dumpling is offered, we're going to try them and we've had them before, they're great. Um and you could actually have like multiple orders of those so you would get like a, Two orders of dumplings like two bao buns it would just be full. I, like, I will I night.
2: will say I I I agree with you on that. I think I've had the dumplings before and been like, "Well, this this there's, there's not enough of them." Yeah, I oh, know you did multiple
0: orders. Like are, uh, you need lost. a couple
2: of orders of that to, to make it worthwhile. Um, yep, I did want to mention that there is a there is an off, a, a drink offering in there called the By Joe Punch. I didn't know if like, you've purchased that just on namesake reasons or anything like that, Joe. <laughs>
0: No, that one I haven't, but I guess there's also my friend Jose Cuervo right below on the menu, so I I can go that route as well.
2: All right, excellent. We're making friends in China. I love it. Um, Then let's jump down uh, nearly completing our circle of the the World Showcase um, into Mexico with um, an additional booth offering with some fun uh, ribeye, um, a dessert, but also some chorizo. Which I'm a big fan of. Have we have we tried any of these?
0: I've had the ribeye and the uh, chorizo, but I am still disappointed. This is the second year in a row they have not brought back the tres leches um, <sighs> dessert, which was absolutely amazing, and it has not been on the menu. And it's like actually the one food that I've actually missed of all of the menus. I absolutely loved that dessert, and it has not come back. <sighs>
2: I am I had a, a one of the layers of um my cake at my wedding was Tres Leches. I love it. It it, it does so oh, good. It's amazing. It's that caramel, but it's not like offensive like in your face caramel. Like it's just deliciousness.
0: For a cake it was refreshing. Yeah. I found it I'm like... all about it.
2: I'm all yep. about it. Uh Mike. Mexican you know,
1: food? Italian food is one of my one of my go-to things that I could probably eat pretty much elsewhere. But my other absolute favorite food to eat, and I will try it anywhere. I will eat it anywhere, and that's Mexico. Uh, I've had it in some great places. I've been to San Diego. A friend of mine was in the Marine Corps, and the all that whole San Diego area is loaded with Mexican restaurants. There's loads of Mexican restaurants here. I eat Mexican anywhere, anytime. I could probably eat Mexican for the rest of my life and be completely happy. Uh, every time I go through the Mexico area, I always try and get a dinner there or a quick serve and I would definitely try and eat everything now. Me, because I go the proper way around Epcot, and Mexico is where I would start. So I would start my food offerings in Mexico because uh, I would fill up there because I would probably eat everything on the menu and try quite a bit of the beverages too.
2: You're 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 jumping to the back of the book and turning uh, and going in reverse, are you?
1: No, the book is wrong. <laughs> they, it was they just they printed it wrong. There was a misprint, and you're supposed that, to that happens. On the that side happens. And we're we're not
2: getting into this argument. I said that from the beginning. Uh, what I do like about that is you have already mentioned that there is nothing in France for you, and uh, that's probably a good thing because if you start in Mexico, you're not going to have any room left by France. Exactly. So, um, there's a couple of offerings a little bit further down as you head back towards the uh, the main area there um, for the port of entry. Um, right near Disney Traders, the uh, merchandise store, um, there is a swanky saucy swine which I feel like somebody just had fun with the name of that. Uh, And then there is also the Hawaii uh, making an appearance uh, at the International Food and Wine Festival. Um, Did anything from either of those two locations jump out at you?
0: The swanky, saucy swine, uh, the soy glazed sticky ribs with green onions and peanuts, like really stood out to me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Hawaii Pavilion. I've tried the Spam before last year. It's one of the ones I really wanted to try. The pork kalua slider is obviously a staple of food and wine, especially of the Hawaii Pavilion. But I will say the swanky, saucy swine, the sticky ribs, like really, I'm like that sounds intriguing right now.
2: Sorry, you said Spam, and now I just have Spam, 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 <laughs> spam which is another Monty Python reference, which Justin wouldn't get. So, um I've mentioned that I'm a big fan of passion fruit, so the passion fruit cheesecake with toasted macadamia nuts sounds amazing from the Hawaii location. Um and also I'm always able to just go for a Kona beer. I love Kona offerings what that mm-hmm. the, that brewery has and I love now I'm not a big fan of the IPA in general, but yeah, I I can I could if necessary If it meant I didn't have to stumble back to one of the other locations, I'd find a solution there.
1: Uh, you know, Hawaii was a great place that I got to do for my daughter's Sweet Sixteen party. We went down there. We got to see Alani. We did quite a few of the Hawaiian Islands. We did a cruise through there. I had never had Spam till I went to Hawaii my entire life. And I just, one of those things I just never had. And Justin told me, when you go to Hawaii, you got to have Spam when you're in Hawaii. It's kind of like a rite of passage. And I did. And I had Spam. And out of complete coincidence, my boss, who I work with, was in the Navy. And he makes us breakfast in the morning every couple of days. And he's always doing Spam and eggs. So ever since my Hawaii trip, I've been eating Spam and I would definitely stop at Hawaii. And the Kona Brewing, also great uh, great beer. I love that place. I actually have pictures from the Kona Brewery, brewery in Kona because when we did the nice. island tours, yeah, I got some great pictures of that Oh, place. they'd need uh, to
2: drag me out of there. That would not end oh, well. <laughs> well,
1: it didn't end well for me. We'll talk about it more on <laughs> a Patreon show because when we went to that island where it was, I said, you know what? We're here in Kona. I want to see where that brewery is. I've had that beer so many times in Disney, and I wanted to check the place out. So we got off the boat like around ten o'clock, and we had a two o'clock snorkel excursion with the you know with the family. So my wife says, "Well, I'm going to do a little shopping in the little village area here." And says, "Well, you know what? You go shopping. I'm going to go find the brewery because they told me it's a couple of blocks away from where our boat landed. You know, to go for excursions for the day." And that was was the last he was seen. (laughs) Um, there was just word of advice, you know, for people out there, you shouldn't really drink a lot before you go snorkeling. Let's just put it that way. Um, Doesn't end well. Um, I'll just leave that for a Patreon show because... uh, yeah, um, quite a few flights, quite a few things I tried at the Kona Factory, and um, I did my best to keep it together on the boat. All right, and uh, first, five, first five, first
2: five minutes of the of the Patron show, we're going to get the 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 additional information bait. on that particular. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Let's let's <laughs> <laughs> let's jump across. Between between the German bratwurst picture and and stories of snorkeling after the Kona brewery, like it's going to be Sounds a great good. episode. Um, all right, so um, the wing, like we've turned the Epcot experience into a wing house, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> um, with some wing offerings. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of wings. I will eat wings every single day. If we are at a restaurant and my and I'm I've run off to the bathroom for myself or chasing a small child around and Melanie doesn't know what to get me the answer is wings. I will I will always eat wings. Um I have not had a chance to stop uh in this location yet, but I walked through and looked at the menu and went, "Oh. I wonder how long the bathroom break outside is going to take. Can I <laughs> never mind. Um but yes, there's some uh, mango habanero, getting a little creative with it. Um, but also some traditional favorites, and even some garlic parmesan wings available. Mm-hmm. Gents? This is probably
0: this is probably one of those places that you might want to take a Prilosec before you go and try these, <laughs> because if you're down in mango habanero wings and you're not used to it, it's gonna feel good like when you're eating it, but about a half hour later you're gonna be feeling that. So no, nah, I've, I've, the-
2: I've got an I've got an iron stomach.
0: Well, no, no. I mean, I know you, but the rest of our listeners out there maybe aren't used to having. No, it let's
2: lead them site. astray. They'll be fine. Go, no, go big, that. go home. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah, you, you have the? the uh, do you have the franchise down there? The Hurricane Wings. You ever heard of that? No. Uh, there's a franchise up here. There's quite a few restaurants, and it's called Hurricane Wings, and uh, they have a, quite a menu, and they have a lot of different wing flavors, 25, 30 different flavors. A lot of the stuff that they're talking about there, the habaneros, the garlic parmesan, the the, spa, the, myce, the, the spicy, the mild, all different kinds of stuff. So uh, if, if, next time you're up here in the northeast area, if you see a Hurricane Wings, it's, it's a pretty good place to stop, especially if you're a wing fan like you, Dave. All right. There it's we funny. go.
0: It's funny. Everybody's got their wing spot, and I am going to throw mine out there. If you are in the Daytona Beach area, anywhere from maybe St. Augustine down to New Smyrna area, uh, Hooligans—it's like a sports, like an Irish sports bar. They they call Wally Wings. They actually grill and fry them, so they're actually they're fantastic. Hmm. So they they're done a different way. They don't have a crazy amount of flavors, but um, they're done really well. Uh, So that's my uh, spot. So if you are ever in the the Daytona Beach area, Hooligans, uh, check it out.
2: I like wings at any bar location. That's my recommendation. That's, as I said, I'm a fan. Uh, what I will say is that there is a bar out in Tampa area, um, just south of the city, out on the beach. Uh, it's called the Brass Monkey, and it's actually run by um, some people from uh, Maryland, which I mentioned where my wife is originally from, and they do Old Bay rubbed wings, and mm. big fan. Big fan. Yeah all about it. Um and my father-in-law has a shirt that says I put old bay on my old bay. So, yeah, that's that's a staple in our <laughs> okay. household like if anybody yeah, understands Maryland, Maryland, you get that reference. Um I will say there yep. is um Wicked Weed Brewing company has a watermelon dragon fruit session sour from Asheville, North Carolina and Bold Rock Honey Crisp hard cider from Virginia are uh, that both are available in that location. Um To wrap up, we've only got a couple of things left. We've tried to work through this book and give some highlights without getting bogged down too much. Um, The Donut Box, uh, located over near Test Track. It's kind of in that intersection um, when you first uh, come off the bridge there, um, walking from the Epcot Um, from the Epcot experience across that bridge um, towards Test Track. You've got the donut box, which has all sorts of craziness, including a sriracha glazed donut. I don't know.
0: I'm thinking more of the crispy chicken on the sriracha glazed donut. That actually sounds very interesting. There's a lot of donut places around or on property now, so I think it's a tough competition there. But the fact that you're throwing a crispy chicken on top
2: of a sriracha glazed donut (laughs) – that would maybe win me over to try that you now have joe's attention all right you have my attention now um well i'll tell you what does get my attention um i also like some spicy food uh flavors from fire hosted by the nfl on espn um right near test track presented by chevrolet wow there's a whole lot of corporate sponsorship <laughs> mentioned in it. two lines of this book right there um It has some really fun, it's had some great flavors over the years. Uh, If you have not ever visited Flavors from Fire, um, you've possibly visited it. It's one of those booths they like to move. (laughs) They like to just pick it up and move it to a different location so that if you're looking for something, you've got to keep an eye out for it. Um, It was originally over near the uh, Journey into Imagination building. Um, uh, But there is all sorts of deliciousness happening there in the flavors from fire very
0: cool yeah Yeah, the s'mores the s'mores puppy pie
1: yeah i was just looking at that
2: (laughs) um couple of things to wrap up uh also opening on october 1st there is the lobster landing is going to be right near mission space and there is also going to be mac and eats at mission space and i don't know i get enough mac and cheese in my life i've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old I'm probably personally not going. it, it like, There's some really delicious sounding things there, but I just feel like I've eaten enough mac and cheese. And I know anybody who has kids, and like even if they're now older, you you know that period of time that I'm in, like it's mm-hmm. about the only thing that gets eaten in my house right now. And I just want to cry.
0: I'll say this. <laughs> da- I'll say this, Dave and Mike. I mean to jump in front of you, but like they've they've taken mac and cheese and made it so complicated lately. Sometimes I just enjoy the mac and cheese out of the box or just like somebody's homemade mac and cheese recipe there's so much going on with these mac and cheeses
1: sometimes it's a little overwhelming for me
2: yeah just just yeah don't get too creative my 18
1: year old daughter is still on that stage so they, I don't even know if they have a grow out of it we, Matt, we actually have you mean uh, it doesn't
2: end it
1: uh, hasn't ended in this like... house they actually have uh, Cheetos you know Cheetos the, the potato chip yeah Cheetos makes a mac and cheese brand now really yeah and they have the spicy Cheetos too a mac and cheese brand
2: Can we stop talking about mac and cheese? It's just upsetting me. he um, nightmares with
1: us tonight. <laughs> go, it goes
2: on um, and on. And I have got through this entire book, and we're almost right on the hour. So um, we've done a whole lot of um, exploration of some deliciousness. Uh, if you have something that, uh, as one of our listeners, that you would like discussed further, um, I have every faith that there is going to be some conversations that stem from this. Um, and a great place to do that is over on our Facebook page for our Disney Dads podcast. You know,
1: one of the things that people love to do that I see quite a bit, is, and I've done it myself, I'm guilty you go around, you buy something, you want to try it new and you kind of stage it, you take a picture of it it's its your food, uh, it's very popular on Instagram, but a better place that I think it's popular on is on Facebook and a great place to put those pictures are on our Facebook page and that brings me to my favorite thing every week and that would be Picks of the Week Picks of the Week Picks of the Week it's time for it's time us to get our, picks, to get of the our picks of the week of the week. Alright guys, you know how much I love picks of the week, but I have a really cool picture this week and I'm gonna go first this week and uh, I wanna bring my pick of the week is gonna go to Eddie Middlebrook and Eddie Middlebrook just completed a family trip and his picture was too good not to share and it was him and his two kids riding on Haunted Mansion and uh the two kids the two girls on the side they look completely terrified and petrified and he's kinda looking around like huh, what's going on here. So it is a great picture. Congratulations on your trip and finishing up with the family and Eddie, you have my pick of the week.
2: An amazing picture. I was just looking at that. I was like I, I also love that it's one of those pictures that you're not always 100% sure where it is or if you're mm-hmm. in the right place. So quite often you are looking at the, the hallway pictures and the haunted mansion and be like, Oh yes, I just got a, a, a picture of me taken. Um, I'm going to, I can't pick one of these. So I'm going to choose an entire post. Uh, Jeffrey ne- Neubauer. Am I saying mm-hmm. that correct? Let's say Newbauer. I apologize. Um, posted a series of photos, um, where the Walt Disney Archives presents heroes and villains, the art of Disney costumes. Um, And apparently it came to Seattle at the Museum of Pop Culture and just absolutely phenomenal as a lover of Disney movies uh, throughout the years and um, live actions that they have created and just amazing, amazingness. Uh, some of the costume options and uh, that were showcased there, uh, blown away. Uh, I'm also a guy that if I go to a museum, I like to read everything, and my wife usually gets like halfway through and gets annoyed with me, and then beelines to the end, and I'll find her like sitting on a comfy couch later in it because I'm a reader. Um, I do want to give a special shout out um, to one photo within it that made me laugh. Is um, there is the Nicolas Cage costume of Ben Gates from National Treasure, um, which is uh, one of Justin and my favourite movies, uh, which we connected and bonded over. uh, And it even has the, uh, the little... Uh, carry case that he puts over his shoulder uh, in the movie where he runs really awkwardly with it on his back, um, uh, slung across the across the mannequin uh, to display that particular costume. That's why uh, I chose Jeffrey's post as uh, my pick of the week.
0: Very good pick. Joe, what and, you got? and my picks of the week, it's going to be a few. Uh, the first pick, it's going to be Cheryl Pavia, and also I'm going to go with uh, John Cast- Castenho. Uh, they posted uh, pictures of their registration for the Run Disney, Walt Disney World Marathon weekend coming up uh, this coming January, and this past week was the open registrations for – the marathon for the dopey for goofy and it's been a couple years since we've all had in-person running and i know a lot of people including myself have been waiting for the marathon and half marathon registrations to open up and i was lucky enough to get registered for the half marathon i see cheryl is registered for her first marathon and i think that's awesome because walt disney world was my first marathon as well so i love to see the excitement of our disney dad's podcast family i know there's other posts out there especially in the running group and in the Patreon page, but to everybody who posted their, regist- their registration success, congratulations for getting in. And those are my picks of the week. Everybody register for the 2022 Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend.
2: I'm exhausted thinking about running a marathon. So, um... <laughs> Dave,
0: you you do it every day. You don't even realize it. What you do is actually harder than running a marathon.
2: Yeah, 20,000-plus steps in the sun. Yes. Yeah. All right, fine. How many steps is a marathon? It's got to be more than that. It's more than that, but still, All right.
0: I mean—
1: you're training, you're training, you're <laughs> good, no, you're good. No.
2: Um, awesome. Fantastic. Um, well, as always, if you uh, would uh, like to find out more uh, about uh, people who are passionate about running, um, we do actually even have a division of our Facebook group uh, where people uh, specifically share their workouts and their passion for Disney running um, as a specialty page. And uh, we even now have a book club. And you can find out bo- a bit more about both of those uh, by joining the Disney Dads podcast family on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you to join in uh, and post your picks. You might even get chosen uh, as a pick of the week and there are of course a couple of other things that uh, for any of our listeners that we love and appreciate you doing uh, things like giving us um, some feedback on any of the podcasting channels that you listen to us through, um, giving us a thumbs up giving us a rating. Uh, We truly appreciate that and uh, also there's um, within the link when we post this we also let you know that you can also grab a copy of uh our dear friend jason's uh book um that uh, his self-published book available for uh, for you um, to peruse and share uh, something that a number of our Disney dads uh, family is passionate about, um, and all sorts of fun things like that. Uh, come across and find out more, and um, and we appreciate any everybody's uh, feedback and participation in the enormously positive. Uh, environment that this uh, podcast family continues to create. Guys, I had a great time this
1: week. I brought my appetite and you guys delivered. We had some great foods offerings we talked about. Uh, you know, I might be making it down to Disney in the next couple of months. I'm trying to figure out something, use some DVC points, and hopefully I'll get down to experience some of the Epcot Food and Wine Festival that I love so much. Uh, closing words, fellas? Joe? So, yeah. So, speaking of getting down to Walt Disney World, Mike, uh, my trip is
0: in two weeks. Uh A couple of nights ago, my wife and I, we sat down. We do like a nice Excel spreadsheet grid and we're filling in what we do on certain days. Even as Walt Disney World veterans, we fill in what we're going to do certain days. And I've got my tea times ready. We've got our dinner reservations ready. Uh, Our park days we got laid out and uh, we've set aside some time for food and wine. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, this will be like my first trip really sharing with the DDP family, like about my experiences, what I'm going to be doing down at Walt Disney World. So I'm really getting excited. It's under two weeks now. So the excitement's really starting to set in. So I'm really looking forward to that.
2: I hope you got some early tea times.
0: Uh,
2: 7.05, 7.15. Very nice. All right. Absolutely. Um, Most of it will be wrapped up before it gets too hot. You got it. All right. I like it. Um, Thanks for joining us in a little bit of a cavort around the World Showcase of Epcot today um, and for offering some opinions on some of the food and wine offerings available at the International Food and Wine Festival taking place in Epcot now through when like november do we have a date on that
1: i think it goes on forever okay
2: just in perpetuity um there's just a there's just a different festival that follows we know this so um there's like a one week changeover and it all happens again we love it uh it's part of the great greatness of visiting epcot now is there's always something fun and there's always something delicious happening um for Thank you so much for joining us Um, and a special shout out once again uh, to our patron listeners. Uh, Some extra um, recording coming your way very soon. Uh, If you would like to uh, participate in that and hear some of the shenanigans that take place over on the patron side, um, you can become a member for as little as $2 Two dollars a month. I mean, that's nothing. Uh, you, you, there's there's very few items available at the International Food and Wine Festival for two dollars. So um, you can you can become a member and come across and join us. Uh, we've got uh, some extra stories and discussions from this episode to have there, and then we're going to have a little bit of fun uh, talking about something that. Affects many, many people during this time in Walt Disney World. And we'll we'll find out more about that real soon.
1: Sounds good, fellas. Until next week, have a good night. And good
2: night. See you, guys. Cheers. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you.
1: And remember, always keep it Disney.